Hey everyone, before we jump into today's episode of the Paranormal Princess Podcast, one put a disclaimer out there that there are talks of sexual assault in this episode, so if this is a trigger for you, please take care. Alright, let's jump into the episode. Hey guys, it's Paranormal Princess here, and today I've got my good friend Joe from Paranormal Library, and we are going to discuss, get ready for it, the Warrens, which is a pretty spicy topic here in the paranormal field. You've, so, you've already just received six hateful emails. <laughs> just <laughs> saying, yeah. They're already coming in. They're already coming. <laughs> but yeah, because so many people are super supportive of the Warrens and you know after uh Lorraine died I think it was this year like so many people came out and just with these like pouring heart posts about how amazing she was and I was kind of surprised by that they were um definitely held in very high regard uh not and not just necessarily within the paranormal community even people who were just sort of fans of the conjuring movies they the hell held them in in very high regard so um yeah uh, you know we joke about the the hate mail that we're going to receive potentially from maybe some of the less than favorable views but i think it's probably a reality you know <laughs> yeah it really is i mean although you know i don't know if you saw my post on facebook but i had just posted like hey for my friends in the paranormal field like what do you guys think of the warrens mm-hmm. and a lot of people actually responded like pretty vehemently like they're frauds or that they're liars. And- I was very shocked by that, I must admit. Uh, I, I was very much expecting when I clicked into that post um, at least a 50-50 split, but it did seem that the majority of people were saying, no, they're, they're frauds, no, they, uh, they're outright liars. Uh, and I was quite surprised to read that. Um, yeah, I was, I was surprised, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. So, like, let's talk about some of their most famous cases. We can start off with the Big Bang with Amityville. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your opinion on Amityville? Well, Amityville was uh, the, the actual book by George Lutz. Amityville was the, the Amityville Horror was the first book I ever read that was connected to the paranormal. I would have been very young at the time. I couldn't even tell you what age I was. And it terrified me. It was the possibility of what if that terrified me. I'd had my own, my own experiences personally by that point, but the detail that this book went into, it absolutely shook the ground underneath me. As an adult, you kind of look back at that case uh, with more skepticism and more of an investigative eye. And... To cut a very long story short, I have to say that in terms of Amateurville, the claims that came out of Amateurville and the claims that the Warrens made of Amateurville, it's all fiction. I have to say, I would have fiction. to agree. And I was doing a little bit of reading about um, Amityville, and from what I could gather, technically the Warrens didn't even go in until like after everything was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they didn't go in like while the family was still in the house. It was like. They were called um, by a news reporter who had covered the story 
and worked on prior investigations with yep. them. Yep. So I thought that was interesting that it was sort of like, it, it feels to me like it was sort of a like, hey, let's get the Warren's name on this to yeah. try and get like this new story. You, um, you you do raise a very good point there where it's it's like they're they're brought in as a as a, as a marketing tool that's mm-hmm. that's the impression I get with a lot of cases with Amityville with um, Enfield the same with um, the the Connecticut haunting it seems oh, as if, yeah it's, it's it's almost as if they were brought in as a marketing tool because on the back of each of these cases there were book sales there were eventually films made of them so on and so forth so yeah it does seem as if the dust settles a little bit things quieten down okay we need to spark more interest in this so let's bring let's bring the warrens in and then without fail every time they get involved it does seem that there's reports of demonic possession or you know the the house is built on a doorway or one thing and another um so it's not really just amateurville that i would say was a complete work of fiction i'd say most of the cases they were involved in especially later in their career were probably works of complete fiction uh, I, d- I definitely agree and i think almost in a way maybe like the warrens had started out as like legitimate and yeah. really believed in what they were doing but as with so many of the tv those today and a lot of people that are kind of out for the fame it, you start to wonder how honest <laughs> yeah and like may i don't know when but it's like at some point in their career they started to fudge things because you know we've both been involved in the paranormal and yeah. to have that many cases that are that extreme it's it just seems so unrealistic unrealistic um well, very unrealistic, or they're the two luckiest paranormal investigators on the planet, <laughs> um, or unlucky, depending on, on the way the way you look at it, of course. But it, I I agree with you in in the sense that I've no doubt early on in their career their interest was genuine. I've no doubt in my mind that they experienced some very unusual, unexplainable things. But when it comes to the big cases that everybody knows them for. I can't help but think, um, you know, that that the, they are complete works of fiction. I can't remember where I read this, but there was a family lawyer that was involved in the the Lotz's family businesses. I can't remember whether it was something to do with the book deals or whether there was some sort of court case outside of the business agreement on on the book deal. I can't remember who it was, but whoever this person was, he was a lawyer to the Lotz family. And he himself went on record and said that the entire Amityville horror, the hauntings, everything that happened, was made up because the main uh, the main goal of George Lutz and his wife Kathy, I think her name was. Um, yeah, Kathy. Um, their main goal was move into this house. We'll generate the story. We're going to make money, and that's a lawyer who went on record and said. Um, no, that it was it was complete fiction. They they made it up for four book deals, four movie deals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if you're going to have a lawyer who's going to go on record and say that, I think you there's a huge question mark that is then left hanging over everything that the Warrens are then later involved in. You know. Oh yeah, oh, and even I think it was the Enfield haunting. Um, they wrote a book about that, yeah. and they had like a ghostwriter, and the ghostwriter pretty much came out and said that uh, he was told to kind of fudge things. 
Yep. Like make up whatever he needs to make. I was trying to find, I, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, but, to, you know, and that's another questionable thing. And, you know, if, if someone from each case or maybe not every single case, but at least the big ones kind of comes out and says like, yeah, we were told to fudge things or it was for money. Like it really discredits a lot of their work, which is unfortunate if it, was real <laughs> well that's it um and unfortunately i think with a, an investigative eye as soon as one example or in, in this case a paranormal investigation is kind of smudged with the at least the possibility that okay the, this was a complete uh hoax then it kind of smears everything that they do beyond that point uh, and what's interesting about what you just said there about having a writer um, and they, they were prepared for someone to be there to, to make a note of what was going on already, possibly, likely, with a view of a book in mind, um, is the fact as well that Playfair, who was one of the investigators at Enfield, at the Enfield case... Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, was, I, I made a mistake. The writer um, that came out and said that was actually about the the Snedeker house, the haunting in Connecticut. Okay, That's okay. where the writer was told to lie. But um, regardless, but still, yeah, still relevant to 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 what you were saying. Playfair, who was one of the investigators who came from the uh, Society of Psychical Research, when he was first introduced to Ed Warren, um, says he went on record uh, in numerous interviews and said he immediately had a disliking for the guy. Because one of the first things that Ed apparently said to him was, if you play your cards right, you could make a lot of money from this. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. And obviously, at that no. point, Playfair says, well, that's not why we're here. Um, apparently, Playfair then left the Enfield house for a number of days so that the Warrens could do whatever they felt they needed to do and just let them leave because he didn't want to interact with them on any level. And that's very interesting, the fact that the one... The one example of communication between Playfair and the Warrens was about money. Yep. And I, I um, have some respect for Playfair. I think that he he was legitimate. I have some trust in him. I have no mm-hmm. reason to disbelieve him. Yeah. So to hear that come from him, it's sort of like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... The, the, the whole Enfield case in itself, um, I mean, my, my opinion on that is that it started off as a legitimate concern by the the family who were resident at the home. But then the rest of it, as soon as the media got involved, uh, well, as soon as the police were called and then the media sort of followed, followed not uh, far behind the police, um, I think as soon as that attention came to the house, they felt almost pressured to put on a bit of a show because they didn't want to look foolish. I don't think there was probably anything really going on at the Enfield house, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, the official uh, report from the the SPR, the Society of Psychical Research, was that because they had witnessed the children of the house faking so much stuff whilst they were there, that they had to deem the entire case... Now, this is the SPR, this isn't Maurice Gross and uh, Playfair, but the, the society, right. the society, from what I understand, officially put a, a hoax stamp on the thing and said, no, the, the whole thing is, is debunked. 
But in terms of individuals, um, I believe obviously Morris and Playfair do believe uh, up until the point that they died that there was something strange going on. However, what what the the common thread there is the the society are saying that no, we're going to have to label the whole thing as a hoax. You have the two investigators who were saying mm, there's something going on, but we we can't really place it because of all the hoaxes that were happening whilst whilst we were doing the investigation. But then you have the Warrens coming in behind and saying that it was demonic and there were demonic possessions and, and it was all it was all the work of the devil. And even Playfair in an interview I listened to regularly actually that you, you put me onto said that Oh yeah. Yeah, as soon as they came in, uh, they started talking about demonic possession and at that point he was like, I'm done. You do what you've got to do. I'll I'll be back in a few days. Uh, he just wasn't interested. So yeah, it just. Which seems... I don't blame. Them. No, no, I I don't blame them either. But there does definitely seem to be a pattern of. We don't know what's going on, and then the Warrens coming in, and suddenly there's a demonic orgy going on. <laughs> it's just it just seems like that there is this pattern that that follows them around. Um, obviously, which I think part of that has to do with their their like super strong religious convictions. I think that gets in the way of their ability to be able to be scientific about it and be objective. I 100% agree with you on that. 100% agree. Well, with the you only that. thing that kind of freaks me out about the uh, the Enfield case is when I was doing a little bit of research, I listened to some of the tapes from yeah. uh, Playfair, mm-hmm. and they're definitely pretty pretty disturbing and i mean who knows if they're 100 percent legitimate but i feel like back then there wasn't as much technology to tinker with things i mean i'm sure there were some ways but they were definitely uh, gave me some goosebumps they're disturbing <laughs> um you're talking about the the supposed spirit of bill i think his name was coming through mm-hmm. channeling yeah, through the, the the little girl um yeah. Oh no! Yeah, it's 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 it, the the voice alone is is quite disturbing. But the only issue I have is if you watch the video footage that lines up with the audio, mm-hmm. you look you look at the little girl's face and ask me, is it genuine? And it's so hard to tell because I did see part of the um, the tapes as well. And it almost looks like she's smiling a little yes, bit. Yes, as if she's trying to hold back the laughter when they're when they're making these recordings. And um, I know at the time, uh, I think it was Maurice who was saying that there's no way the little girl could fake this voice without damaging her throat. But a lot of people have some very unusual and unique abilities and, and talents, you know, um, some some children grow up with a, a more natural ability for music or art or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. You know, maybe she had she did actually have an ability to just manipulate her own voice in a way that didn't seem possible at the time. But um, again, as with Amateurville, I feel that the Enfield case is it's it's surrounded by so much likelihood of there being a hoax that I can't get on board with it. Yeah, I I feel the same way. And, and, you know, now that... So when I started, like, learning about the Warrens, um, did you ever see a show called A Haunting where they did really bad reenactments of stories? Yeah, yeah, I did actually, Sort of, yeah. like, haunted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I did see that, yeah. 
way back in the day. And there's um, one of the first episodes that came out that my mom and I watched was called A Haunting in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Warrens were on there. And then I started seeing the Warrens on more episodes. So when I was younger, I used to think that the Warrens were just the absolute coolest people. Yeah. Um, And then I kind of forgot about them, to be honest, for a while. And then all these movies started coming out based on these true stories. And I even... um, Lorraine has come out and said, you know, like very loosely based, but yeah, it's amazing yeah. how many people kind of take the movies for like a factual account of what happened. Yeah, it's like uh, this. Oh, we've just discovered this historical document. No, no, it's a movie. <laughs> it's it's a film. <laughs> Chill, <not>. relax. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's crazy. I mean, and even the Amityville movie that came out in the seventies, that one scared the crap out of me as a kid. I remember yeah. the. The glowing yeah. eyes mm-hmm. scared me so bad. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, all of it is just, there, e- it's even, just not good for the paranormal community. <laughs> it's not good for the paranormal community. And I think uh, I think one of the reasons why the Warrens are held in such high regard and why they have uh, the, the reputation that they do is what, what's, what's unusual about them is that... As an investigator, if I came to you, Aaron, and said, I was on this investigation and I saw the furniture in the living room levitate and it was flying around the room and things were being broken, it was absolutely insane. As an investigator yourself, the first thing you're going to respond with is, okay, well, have you got this on camera? Have you at least, have you <laughs> yep. at least got any photographs? And if I say to you, no, then you have two options. You either believe me because you trust me or you keep a degree of skepticism because I have no evidence whatsoever, right? What seemed to happen Mm -hmm. and what was unique about the Warrens is because they were involved with so many big-time paranormal media storms of cases was that as soon as they said, oh, this happened, everybody just went... Did you just hear that this this happened and they don't they didn't have to provide any actual evidence or proof or anything like that. They could just say whatever they wanted and people would would believe them. And and touching on what you said earlier about uh, their religion kind of stopped them to a degree from being objective and scientific. I'm currently reading a book at the moment called The Demonologist. And the way that that book is written is almost as if Ed and Lorraine are trying to give you facts about demons. Forgetting that demons are a part of a system of belief and anything that comes from a system of belief isn't really a fact. <laughs> Does that make sense? So it's like... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, these facts that you're presenting are your beliefs. They're not, they're not facts. They may feel like facts to you as an individual, but unfortunately they're not actual facts. They're just a part of your belief system. Um, so... So with that, with that kind of ability to just say, this is a fact, and also not having to sort of back things up with the, the kind of evidence that you and I would probably have to back our claims up with, um, I think that's where they got to the, the reputation that they have now. And if you think about it, they were really the first people to pave the way in the media. Like, there's plenty of people who have been investigating the paranormal forever, but... I mean, they they were kind of the first big like quote unquote investigators. Well, they 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 made the the well paranormal. Known. Yeah, exactly. They they made the paranormal almost like this Hollywood attraction. 
Um, yeah. You know, and, it, and and they were the first to kind of go on camera, um, whether it was through talk shows or um, at, at conventions or things, whatever they were doing. Um, they were the first people to kind of stand up and say, oh, you know all this stuff that you only ever read of in books or see in films? Well, we can tell you that it's real, and obviously people are going to flock to that, right? Oh, yeah, and people, and, you know, I, I've read a lot of books about um, back in, like, the 1800s and 1900s, like, the whole, like, seance thing yeah. was such a popular thing. Like, people would literally have seance parties, and, yeah. you know, people, again, those were, like, probably all hoaxes because the tables would lift and shake and yeah. people, the medium would become possessed. And so, I mean, it's kind of always been a thing, but I think now that there's so much more media, like up until today, I mean, you've got Zach Bagans yeah. who's pretty much doing exactly what Warren's did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just on like a higher level. And high they level. both have their museum of possessed items. And- yeah. Which, you know what, even with my skepticism towards the the work and claims of the Warrens, I would love to go to their museum, I must admit. I I, I would like to. Oh, absolutely. You see, the thing is, I'm a fan of their work in terms of the stories behind their work, but I I view them as just that, just stories. I, I don't view them as being, you know, legitimate examples of paranormal research or, or activity. Uh, but even saying that... And there could be some truth. Like, there's probably a grain of truth. Like, yeah. usually at the center of any story, like, the center of it is truth, and yeah. then it just grows these arms yeah. that become um, lies, lies and lies. And, um, and, and what you said earlier on, and I completely agree with you, I've no doubt in the beginning, their interest and their, their aims and their goals in what they were doing did start off as legitimate. But as soon as dollar signs started to flash in their eyes and they realized that there was money to be made, I think that... I think it kind of went askew from there. You As know. it always does, money corrupts people. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and it's something as uh, fragile as a claim of the paranormal. Um, you know, that that's a very fragile entity in itself because, you know, every you see it time and time again. Every time there are reports coming out of a building or a location, whatever the case may be, and then the media gets involved then immediately you just see everything kind of lose control and, and, and the goal in the sight and um, the the end of the road that's in mind in terms of trying to find out what's going on just seems to go out of the window because, you know, if you make a claim of, oh, my house is haunted, and then you have a newspaper knocking on your door and nothing happens, you need to make sure something happens now that you've got media attention, you know? And uh, I think that's important. Yes. You know, speaking of media attention, um, I'll just refer to it as the elephant in the room. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Oh on, no, here we go. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the recently discovered elephant in the room? You know, I am honestly very shocked that it is so. Like, I had to dig to find the, yeah, these articles on the supposed affair slash relationship that Ed had with an underage girl that was like living in their house. Yeah. I, I mean, how is that not, especially in this day and age? Yeah. I'm really surprised that that has been so brushed under the rug. Yeah. Completely squashed, I, completely and, squashed. Know. And the fact that, um, 
like knowing the Warrens um, to to the level that I do and the level that you do, and then to kind of be told all out of the blue. Oh, by the way, there's this alleged child sex molestation case, I suppose you would call it, against Ed and Lorraine, and you're like, what? And then you start digging. I not only was I shocked, but I felt a little bit sick. Uh, I felt sick by the whole thing. Um, and you know, this lady is in her seventies now. Um, yeah. I I can't understand what she has to gain. No. By talking about it, um, like if yeah, I believe her, I think I, it's. I'm just still like processing the information. Yeah. Like I just can't believe that they're so celebrated and they might have done something like this. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> it's ignorant. Um, this is all alleged, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's all alleged. Um, but yeah, and, and to be honest, the, the way that I am I'm going to sort of treat it and process it is is just that. And until there is evidence put forward, um, as opposed to just a testimony, um, until there's actual evidence to back up that testimony, that's all it is. It's a testimony. Uh, but it's surprising mm-hmm. that, like you say, a woman in her 70s is making these claims. Um, and and yet the whole thing just seemed to have been squashed and, and nothing. From what I could gather anyway, the research that I did, it, it does appear like nothing was ever done. Um, yeah, in, no. in, in terms of an investigation, it was literally her just giving this testimony and then that's it, the end of it. Um but yeah, no, I, I didn't feel good reading about it. And but I, I, you know, in the spirit of fairness, until until there is evidence produced to say yes or no, I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to jump to a conclusion on it. You know. Yeah, and you know, honestly, at this point, I doubt there will ever be any no. evidence, considering both of the warrants are passed, and no. this lady's in her seventies, and <clears throat> you know, I, if. I just don't think we'll ever really know. It's just mm-hmm. something that when, once you once you hear something like that, it's kind of hard to just ignore it. And then yeah. you wonder, you know, because the studios were made aware of it. And I bet you that the studios probably wanted to put the kibosh on that yeah. with all of the movies they're putting out. I'm sure that's the last thing they want. Well, one of the articles that I read actually was that this, whether it was just the way that the article was written, I'm not sure, but the way that it was portrayed in this article was that this was stumbled upon by studio executives during um, that it was either that the first Conjuring movie had just been released or it was about to be released. Um, so you may have just hit hit the nail on the head there, whereby the reason it was squashed is because they didn't want the the film to be financially affected by this this story. That's you know, on the horizon. Allegedly. Um, I need to stop doing that. I'm watching a lot of South Park lately and that's why it's allegedly. I need to stop it. Um, me too, me too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the whole thing was just, just disturbing. In fact, that's probably the most disturbing thing I've ever read about the Warrens, um, you know, including all of their paranormal claims. It's, it was just, I hate reading about things like that. Uh, but like I say, I'm not going to draw a conclusion based on the the story of of one person um but as you say Erin once you read something like that it's how it's hard to just let it go and and just forget about it you, I, I I can't do it it's always going to be there now I, I really can't either because so many you know not to get too political here but a lot of people that go through these types of things are dismissed yeah 
And I mean, that's got to be hard. So, I mean, I, I can't say one way or another. I want to believe, I always want to believe these, like the victims, because, you know, you would hope that people wouldn't lie about that, but. People do. I I guess. There was a case over here in the UK fairly recently where this guy had come forward and said that he had, you know, hard evidence of a a paedophile ring within the British Parliament. Um, And then when the police finished their investigation, they came across the fact that he himself, the guy who was making these accusations, he himself was a paedophile. Um, Oh, my God. That was ballsy on his part. Well, from what they say, there was no evidence to suggest that there was this, this, you know, twisted ring within within the UK Parliament. Um, But people do lie about this stuff. I'm not saying that this woman is lying, but um, given... Given what we know human nature can be, that's where you have to draw the line and say, well, until evidence is presented, I'm not going to jump to a conclusion. You know, as, as harsh as yeah. that might, and we're, might I mean, sound. Honestly, we're not really big supporters of the Warrens anyway. <laughs> so it's well, not like we're turning some sort of... Because, you know, when, when someone like a celebrity that people like, it comes out about them, everybody's first reaction is like, oh, no, that's not true. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. And um, but, so I feel like we're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> no, we're, we're de- definitely not. Because, like, as you say, we're not really fans of the Warrens. It's nothing against them personally. It's just their uh, the legitimacy of the claims that they made as paranormal investigators. Um, so you put that to one side, and then there's this accusation on top of this about the supposed, allegedly, um, sexual... <laughs> um, I need to stop that. Um the, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the the molestation claim um, put against them uh, by by this woman. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to dismiss it, but I'm certainly not going to sort of hold it as at the testimony as ah. evidence in itself. Because okay, well, where's your evidence to back it up? Um, it's just it's just as you say, it's hard. Once you hear something like that and that seed is planted, how do you get rid of it? And unfortunately, as you say, we're, we're probably never going to know. If it happened. Mm-mm. You know? Because I know, and I hate to draw this conclusion about religion, but, I mean, there are a lot of super religious, like, overly religious people that are very, like, live a very well, Christian or Catholic life that it comes out that they they do stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, you've got all the priests in the Catholic Church, and so I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, the Warrens kind of were involved in something like that, mm. but we'll never know. No, I don't think we ever it's will. Just... Um, but like I say, I think it's important that you know, without that actual evidence to back up what the testimony says, to just kind of you know, don't don't forget about it, don't dismiss it, but just hold it at a distance until until there's more information available. And to be honest, one thing I didn't. Um, one thing I wasn't able to find out in, in my research in, in regards to this claim, at least, was if there was an investigation, how long did the investigation last for? That I couldn't say because I couldn't find that information. Yeah, there there was there really was not a lot about this. Yeah. Like I said, I had to go I had to go pretty far into Google and Google very specific things. Yeah. And I was just I don't know. Yeah, it's it's And it's funny. On a lighter note. <laughs> on a lighter note. Um I love the actors that play the Warrens in the movie. Like, yeah. Have you seen most of the movies that have come out about their cases? 
Um, well, I've seen, ironically, I, I stayed away. I don't watch a lot of horror, Aaron, if I'm honest with you. And the reason for it is, is because the, the whole idea for me of watching a horror film when I was younger was the buzz and the excitement of getting scared. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, I don't want to try and sound like the ultimate macho man, but <laughs> it, it doesn't happen anymore. So, like, when the Conjuring films uh, came out, I, I kind of just, nah, I wasn't really that interested because, you know, it's all in all, you know, whether based on a true story or not, it is a horror film. And the only, you know, mm-hmm. saying that, though, the only uh, Conjuring movie that I have seen is The Conjuring 2, which relates to the Enfield poltergeist case. Um yeah. And the way that film was portrayed, the whole thing was very, very contradictory to the reality, because that film. Oh yeah. That and then they film, added the nun in there too. And oh yeah, yeah. You always I think need I can never Vitek or Vitek what came in at the end and the yeah. I don't know. And then they made the spin-off. <laughs> yeah, but it was the, the whole thing of uh, the way that that movie portrays the Warrens is like they were the the main investigatory. Uh, body of the Enfield poltergeist and they were there for a long 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 time um, but other sources suggest that they were there for two maybe three days tops and, yep, and then left and then left <laughs> but it had decided that it was demonic before they'd even set foot in the door um, and, th- and this is coming from from Playfair uh, things that Playfair of, of the SPR um, stated in numerous interviews that yeah they were they were hardly there um, so yeah, in terms of entertainment value, I liked the film. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you know accuracy, obviously it's a movie, so let's let's not hold let's hold let's not hold up too much hope in terms of how accurate it is, because ladies and gentlemen, it isn't. <laughs> you know, it is Hollywood. Hollywood is Hollywood. pure entertainment. Gonna be a star in Hollywood. Um, have you seen all of the films? I always wonder about the Annabelle. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Have you have you seen all of the Conjuring movies? Yeah, I've seen the con- the two Conjuring movies. I saw the first Annabelle, and I've seen the Amityville Horror movies, but I yeah. don't think the, the Warrens weren't in those ones, or portrayed in those ones. No, they weren't, no. Um, I hated Annabelle. I, I absolutely hate the Annabelle movies. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> I never saw them. Um, Not worth a watch. No, but do you know what's interesting about the uh, the Annabelle case itself? And I say interesting in uh, and it's not really that interesting because it kind of <laughs> takes the, the it kind of takes the interest out of the whole thing. But anyway, um, I was researching the case, and as I say, I'm reading currently reading this book about the Warrens at the moment, and the way that that book is written. And what what you're reading is ultimately an interview by the author. He's interviewing the Warrens. That's where most of the the book comes from. And the okay. way the way that Ed and Lorraine put this the, the the Annabelle case across to the guy who wrote this book is that they went into the house. the The people living in the house had told them that weird stuff is happening. We've we've bought this doll. This doll is appearing in rooms in the house that we never let, you know, it's moving on its own accord, et cetera, et cetera. And it seems that with almost immediate effect, they had decided that this bell, the Annabelle doll was possessed by a demon. Of course they did. But, but the way it's written suggests that it, it, there was no real investigation done. It was just, 
okay, so you're telling us A, B, and C? It's a demon. <laughs> um, and, and, Who did and, that sound like in 2019? <laughs> yeah, I know, but, but th it was just very interesting for me to read this because it was like, right, it couldn't have been the way it's written. It would suggest that it couldn't have been more than a few hours of sitting and talking to the people who owned the Annabelle doll, and the conclusion was drawn that yeah, it's it's demonic. Um, and then and then again, obviously there was there was media attention even back then about the doll. You know, um, paranormal investigators. I mean, you, you attach the word demonic to things, yeah, and people go nuts when they hear demonic. Yeah. Um, and, and that coupled with, I, I think they had a very, very deep understanding on what made interesting news. I think that's what it boils down to. They, they knew what people wanted to read. And let's be honest, it kind of touches on what I was mentioning a moment ago about why people watch horror films. It's because of the buzz and the excitement of, of being scared. I think they tapped that's into that. Yeah, uh, that's why everyone watches them. Um, and I think the Warrens kind of understood that and could apply that kind of psychology to their work and their claims. And you know, you know, if if, if you wanted to, you you just you know get in touch with a, a newspaper and say, hey, this thing is happening. Well, what is it? Oh, it's demonic. Boom. There's your attention. You've got it. You know. And then, yeah, once the Warrens kind of had a name for themselves, they could say anything. And people were probably like 100% behind it. And like I said, even today, there's so many people that are so supportive of the Warrens, which, you know, people can have their own opinions. That's I respect that. That's totally fine. Yeah. But as investigators and as human beings, we should do our best to try and, um, I guess, do our research. Yeah. Try do, and figure do, out do what's research. done, what's not. Um, and people at, just seem to give this card to the Warrens. Like, they're fine. Whatever they say goes. Yeah, and and, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, Erin, about how they kind of transcended the the requirement of, of producing evidence to, to back up claims. As you say, it was just like, well, if Ed and Lorraine say it, then it must be true. You know, you know um, mm -hmm. which, I don't know. I, as an investigator, I, I cannot... I, I cannot sort of relax my convictions to the point where I can just accept the word of someone, whether they're famous or not, over, okay, can you produce something that, that backs up what you're saying? You know? We need, we need evidence. And yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, to just bring it back really quick to the... God, I wish... I don't know how the hell to say this name. The Snedeker, Snedeker House? The, the one in Connecticut. Snedeker, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, people still live there because supposedly for anybody that doesn't know that house, uh, when the family moved in, it had been a funeral home at one point, And that's when the and the one of their sons was very ill, was diagnosed bipolar, schizophrenic, all these things. And so you have to wonder how much that plays into, you know, whether it was a medical thing or a paranormal yeah. thing. Yeah. But people are living there now and they they say that it's absolute horseshit and mm -hmm. The house was never haunted. They've lived there for, I don't know how long, but a decent amount of time, and they've never had one thing happen. Yeah, and that actually reflects as well the current family that live in the Amityville house. They 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 said that you know time and time again, no, there's nothing here. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with the house. There's there's no demons. There's no there's no spirits of angry Native Americans because that was another claim that was made uh, about the Amityville house. Um, in relation to that, um, 
the the Connecticut haunting. I remember an interview with one of the friends of the kids who were living in the house. So one of the claims that the kids mm-hmm. were making was that they couldn't escape this. Uh, even if they left the house, the spirits that were supposedly in the house were following them to places. And one of the kids had made some claim that they'd gone to the cinema with their friends and all of a sudden they were getting scratched and having their hair pulled by one of these entities. And they had to just get up and run out of the cinema. Um, and then they, this interview that I watched was with one of those friends and they just went, no, no, that never happened. <laughs> so I, I don't, you know, it's just interesting to me that it's another case where it's kind of held up at this um, super, super active level of, of uh, demonic or negative spirit activity. And then on the flip side, there's, you know, a number of people who are going, no, no, that's not, that's not the case, you know. That seems to be something that follows the Warrens' work around a lot. Huge amplified claims followed up with, no, <laughs> no, that's not the case. Yeah, and, you know, Ray Garten, uh, the author of the book, I mean, he went on official record to say, um, I guess the note I have uh, that from an article I pulled, it says that he went on record that not only was he given conflicting stories from the family, but he was given directions to ignore those conflicts and sensationalize the story. Yeah. That's like a direct, I guess, quote. Yeah. So, and I don't know why an author would come out and do that and say that. I mean, if anything, that damages their own reputation. It's, yeah. You know, they're not making any money from that. And again, um, because there seems to be a certain degree of <laughs> a level of patterns forming here, obviously, because we're discussing the Warrens and their work. Uh, that was, it kind of reflects what you just said on something that was reported out of the Enfield Poltergeist case where the kids went to the media because obviously there were media parked outside the house for the majority the of the investigation from what I can gather. And the kids eventually did go up to some newspaper and say, yeah, we're, we're, we're faking it. <laughs> they actually, they actually said, yeah, we're, we're, we're faking it. Um, sorry. And then from my understanding, from the research that um, I did in relation to this, Maurice Gross and um, is it it's Gary Playfair? I think his first name was Gary. Guy. What was it? Guy. 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 Playfair. That's it. Um, they, mm-hmm. from what I can gather, and from the research that I've done, kind of said to the kids, "No, you need to go back out there and retract what you just said." But by that point, the SPR had already received word that the kids had done this, and they just went, "The whole thing's a hoax." So again, it's it's this. But whole... you kind of have to do. Sorry. Or I said they. I think you in that kind of situation, you kind of have to. I mean, even if there was real activity. Yeah. The fact that there's some untruth around it, like it you matter. can't really. It doesn't matter. You it's... have to just claim that it's hoax. Yeah, the whole thing is 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 smeared from that point on. So you know, looking at the the Amityville case, it, you know, the the lawyer has come out and said um, from the research that I did that a lawyer related to the Lotz family came out and said the whole thing was made up um, for money, for the sake of making profit, but then the Warrens still claim that there was demonic activity at the house then you have the Enfield poltergeist where the SPR officially put a hoax stamp on the whole thing um but then the Warrens still said, no, there's something demonic here. And then you have the Connecticut haunting where, you know, 
information's come out where it's like, well, we're getting conflicting stories. Maybe the whole thing is made up, but they claim, no, there's there's still demonic activity here. There's a pattern forming. You see where I'm going with this? Um, now, mm-hmm. that's, that's not to say that, like I say, everything that they, you know, put their hands on is completely uh, made up or, or, or uh, work of fiction. But in terms of the big cases that are now being turned into movies, I think, yeah, you have to say that a lot of this was manufactured for the moolah, you know? Unfortunately, yeah. I guess that's our final thoughts here. What do you? What is your, your final thought on all this? I just think we should all get along. <laughs> no. Um, my <laughs> final thought that. is drugs are bad. Uh, no, I think in, in, in terms of the Warrens, the work that they've done and the fact that most of their work is ultimately surrounded by media attention, even back in the 70s and 80s. The fact that the media is surrounding what they were doing, take it as that it's media. Take everything with a pinch of salt, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that goes with, you know, famous investigators even today, you know, just just take it with a pinch of salt because their, their priority isn't to be legitimate or to stick to the facts. Their priority is ratings. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be my final thought. I mean, you know, credit to the Warrens for, you know, bringing the paranormal... Uh, the science, I suppose you would call it, of, of the paranormal uh, to, to the forefront and making, you know, certainly playing a part in helping it um, to become what it is today. Um, obviously, they made it very popular and more people became interested in the paranormal because of them. That is mm-hmm. that is the credit I would give them. But in terms of the, legit, the, the, the legitimacy of what they did, especially in and around the 70s and 80s, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that there's much of a legitimacy there. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. It's give credit where credits due. They they did a lot for bringing the paranormal field to what it is today, which I guess could be a good or bad thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a whole conversation it. on its own, isn't it? But I I think my final thought on that is just do your research, people. Like. Unfortunately, not everything we see on TV or that you, you know, hear in the media and especially movies, they're, they're not very accurate. Based on a true story is probably maybe the names of the people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very small thing. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of based on but, a true story, were, were there ever any claims made by the Warrens of a demonic nun following them around? I don't think... I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that that was kind of its own spinoff. I don't think it necessarily yeah. had to do with the Warrens, and I don't even think they're actually in the Nun movie. I, I never saw that right, one. Okay, okay. But the thing um, is, you but know, I, mean, I, I could be wrong. You know, if I don't know, I've read in the, the book I'm reading at the moment. There was something mentioned about a nun. Um, or a nun, a nun visiting him in his office or something. I can't remember. I don't know. But again, you know, I think the the main role that that nun in the in the movies, uh, the the main purpose of that is, you know, if you want to sell something, put a sexy nun on it. You know, so. <laughs> um, I do love the actress that plays the nun. She's in a David does 
work with David Lynch, so yeah. she's good in my book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do think that part of The Conjuring Two, I think it is, where he's where the Ed Warren is in his office and he has this feeling that he's being watched and he turns around and he looks at the painting on the wall and then the hands come from around the painting and they like hold the frame. I thought actually, do you know, in terms of imagery, that is pretty cool. That is pretty good. I that quite like cool. that. I mean, they were good movies. I, en yeah, I enjoyed yeah. them for like, entertainment like, value. Yeah, movies, great. So. But um, in terms of, you know, uh, historical accuracy, nah, nah. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on today and no, talking with thank me. Thank you so much for asking Obviously, me to do this. I would love to have you back, you know, fairly regularly to discuss hot trend topics in the paranormal world or anything yeah. else. Facebook I think you and have demons. A good head what on do you think? Yeah. So. yeah. Um, no, uh, thank you so much for asking me to do this. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I've enjoyed talking about this. This is something that. It's kind of been swimming around my head for a long time. That being, you know, the legitimacy of the Warrens and their claims. And um, yeah, we're, I'm expecting some kind of backlash on this, but I don't care. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get some. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Um, but no, oh, well. I, I appreciate you asking me to do this, Erin. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Well, th um, thanks everybody for listening. Please consider subscribing to the punk rock horror podcast patreon um we're all taking a break in the month of december so this will be my last episode here for 2019 but i'm planning on some really cool stuff for next year and i hope that everybody has a great holiday and i'll talk to you guys soon <laughs>